Blog Talk Radio. Stepping out of bondage and grabbing hold of God's promise. Circumstances can't stop me and neither will they block me. Today I feel unmovable. Nothing's impossible. To walk on water. To calm the sea. can be free just being me, to walk on water, to calm the sea, to speak to mountains, I can be free just Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie. I hope you guys are having a really, really awesome, wonderful, and powerful morning. I mean, it's almost the end of September. Do you realize that the next time that we meet and we do this show together, it will be October. Oh, my gosh. Or will it be October? Will it be like, like September 30th? Either way, it's going to be almost ready for the holidays. It's almost time for the third quarter of the year to begin. Well, we, as always, jump in and do a word of prayer. We want God to be our invited guest on the show, as always, in the morning. And we want to make sure that we pray for everyone that is on the line. I just hope that all of you are doing well. And as always, we're going to enter in and ask God again to be our invited guest. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thanking you and praising you really for being the God that you are. You are awesome. You are powerful. You are true to your word. And you are faithful. But Father God, there are those that are going to work this morning, those who are at work or listening uh, on demand. And they may be going through and or experiencing some kind of difficulty in their family. And, and God, we really want to lift them up to you right now. We want you to really comfort them and, and, and uh, give them the mercy and the grace that they need to move through this uh, situation, to move through this difficult time. Uh, Trusting and relying on you. Father, you are faithful to your word. You do exactly what you said that you were going to do. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You are not confused. And what they're going through is not a surprise to you. So, Father God, I pray that each and every person will submit to your will, submit to your authority, submit to the process, seeking your face, finding out how you want to minister to them. Help them to be a victor and not a victim. For those that are on their way to work, I pray that you get them there safely, that you will minister to them on the way, that you will give them traveling mercies. You know, so often we take things for granted, you know, how we get from point A to point B. But yet every day, Father God, every day you keep us safe. Every day you uh, allow us to travel 
on the highways and streets and, and never get into an accident or we don't get into anything life-threatening. And I, as I ministered this word this morning, Father God, I pray, God, that it will be a pleasure. It will be encouraging to those who are under the sound of my voice, that they'll be ministered to. This is not a word to beat anybody up or to um, uh, throw anyone under the bus, but to really encourage people to live in the authority of you, to live in a place of humility, to live in a place of being grateful um, for who you are and what you do in our lives each and every day. So I thank you and I praise you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys are really doing well this morning. Um, It's been a really crazy week. We've had a lot go on uh, in our world. We have um, the uh, anti or dark matter particle machine uh, was set to release yesterday. Uh, I want to get some information to you guys on that and uh, follow up with what's going on in the world from that matter. Um, But what I really wanted to get into and in doing this series is because, you know, I want us to understand that at this time in our society, in this time in our world as Christians, we want to make sure that we really live a, a humble life, a holy life before God. We want to, for those that desire to really seek the face of the Father, who want to live right and live just, who have chosen to receive all that Christ did on the cross, this is really a word of encouragement. But at the same time, I don't ever want us to get so caught up in what's going on in the world and how deprived the world seems to be. And yet we fail to look at ourselves because, you know, we never, ever, ever want to compare ourselves with our brother or sister in Christ. God told us not to do that. That is not wise. He said that we should always, um, and we'll, we'll be getting into this today, that we should really humble ourselves. You know, we are always to use Christ as our litmus test. When we want to gauge how we are doing in God or where we are in God, we have to go to God. God, am I pleasing you today? You know, um, have I surrendered to you today? Uh, and not that we are being legalistic, but it's more so in relationship. You know, when we're in relationship with someone, we never want to become so familiar with them that we just think that we could just do anything or say anything or act any particular way, and it's okay. Relationship is seeking you know, hey, how, how are things going today? Or I noticed that you haven't said anything. And remember, we are in relationship with God, and he speaks to us. He's not a towering ogre far, far in the sky, and we don't have the ability to dialogue with him and to commune with him. Remember, David did it all the time. And we can go into Psalm 51 and know Psalm 63 and know how to lay forward and really have a repentant heart, not necessarily forgiveness, because forgiveness is what we do daily, but and repentance is something that we really are turning away in our attitude and our actions. So if you want to open your Bible to Proverbs chapter six, Proverbs chapter six, and today we're going to be looking at this. I'll read this from the Amplified. You guys know how I like to 
use different translations and um, different uh, um, paraphrases to really get a flavor of the word. I know you have some that only believe in using the King James, but, you know, God is so great that he has allowed us to have, you know, those mainstream uh, translations so that we can really get the gist of what he was saying. We all don't do well with the old English. So if you are with me, we are going to Proverbs chapter six, and we are going to start with verse uh, 16. And then we'll just kind of read on a little bit. He says, these six things the Lord hates indeed. Seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts. And plans, the feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, even under oath, and he who sows discord among his brother. My son, keep your father's God-given commandment and forsake not the law of God. Your mother taught you, bind, the, bind them continually upon your heart. And tie them around your about your neck. When you go, they, the words of your parents, God, shall not lead you when you sleep. They shall keep you. And when you awaken, they shall talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the whole teaching of the law is the light. And reproofs of discipline are the way of life. So we're going to look at today the first one under in verse 17, a proud look, a proud look. And then we're going to go into the others as we move forward in our study um, next week. So as we looked at last week, this is not an exhaustive list, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot look at this list and then negate anything else in the Old or the New Testament. It's just using the poem, the poetry, or the structure of uh, how they laid this sentence out was really to show emphasis, to show emphasis. And I think that, excuse me, that it's strategic in how they use six and then said, but seven is an abomination. It's really to give that emphasis, not that the seventh one is more important than the latter or that these are the only seven that God hates. At the end of the day, God is holy. God is holy, okay? And there are places that, yes, God gives grace and God gives mercy, but the Bible says very clearly in Hebrews be ye holy, for I am holy. So this is just to give us a picture, to give us an under, a slight understanding um, of where God is and how he looks at that. So this is never, ever to be considered an exhaustive list. But we will recap and say this. 
the word abomination really applies for all of these. God doesn't like it. It just gives us a picture that God really hates sin. So when we look at this, it says abomination is probably the strongest word we have in all of Scripture. There's just nothing more horrible before God than an abomination. An abomination. That was said by Paul Washer. And the definition, if we were really words that uh, are used to describe um, uh, abomination, we're looking at detestable, vile, shameful, arouses in coupled with disgust and is abhorred or loathed. I mean, think about that. I mean, when I think about those things, the first thing that comes to my mind are – like horror movies or satanic kinds of things, or when you look at someone and it it just makes you cr- I mean, it literally gives you some type of physical reaction in your body that is like, for lack of a better word, is like grosses you out, you know. And that's how we're looking at that word. That's how God looks at these things. Now, I want to reiterate: this is not to beat you up, but to encourage you to not walk in anything that looks like this, whether it's directly mentioned here or indirectly, because things are really far reaching. So I looked up haughty, you know, haughty eye. What does that mean? Haughty eye. It's a proud look. And I looked at several scriptures. I'm going to give them to you just in case you run out of time. And then you can look them up and meditate on them later. We're looking at Proverbs. Chapter 8, verse 13. Proverbs 8, 13. Proverbs 16, verse 5. Chapter 16, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4. Proverbs 21, verse 4. Then we're going to look at Psalms chapter 105, verse 5. Psalms chapter 101, verse 5. So, Blatantly and disdainfully proud, always used in context of evil. That's what haughty is. It's blatantly. It's in your face. It's letting you know I'm better than you and you are absolutely nothing. You're like the scum on the bottom of my shoe. It's blatantly and disdain. I mean, there's nothing likable about it. Uh, always used in the context of evil. So we can think of it, it really is like a spirit of pride, a spirit that is just um, uh, engulfs or over and encompasses a person's attitude. And what you will find in studying any of these out really is that it really is an attitude. It really is something that you think in your mind and you exhibit out. And attitude and motives are everything that we do in our relationship with God. Everything. You know, it's the pursuit of holiness that we do. It's the pursuit of we we are made righteousness, but we're pursuing it and living it out every day that we wake up. Everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. And we are pursuing this attitude to live holy and righteous. So let's go ahead and look at some of these particular scriptures 
let's go first to Proverbs chapter 8, and let's look at verse 13, since that's one of our closest ones. Proverbs 8, 13. Because here's the thing. It gives us the solution for it, the solution. So we have here Proverbs 8, 13. The reverent fear and worshipful awe of the Lord includes the hatred of evil, pride, arrogance, the evil way, and perverted and twisted speech I hate. So as we can see, we have now more things added to our list. So it really isn't just six or seven. There's, you know, it's not exhaustive. There's more. So the reverent fear and worshipful awe of the Lord. When we are worshiping God, when we stand in his presence, as we, as I say, seek the face of the Father, as you seek to become more like Christ, as you seek to have the mind of Christ, which we are constantly reminded of in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2 Timothy uh, 2, where it talks about studying and reproof that we want to walk in according to the word of God uh, so that we can know what is acceptable and true and perfect also for our lives all by studying the word of God. As we do that, our minds, our attitude begin to take on the mind and the attitude of God. But we have to be willing to, we can't hold on to it. And then when the word of God says things that we don't like, we, we, we make an excuse for it or we want to rearrange the word of God. Remember, God is holy. He doesn't lie. And his uh, mind is all the way through the word of God. So as we do, we see here, that he doesn't like our twisted speech. We'll talk about that later as we go into um, the latter verses of Proverbs 6 through uh, 23. But just on face value, if we were to look at that, can we just easily say that any speech that just does not, is not positive because we know that the Bible talks about just talking, um, that we should watch our words, life and death and the power of the tongue, that we're supposed to speak words of life, you know, he watches over his word to perform his word. We want to be very, very careful there. Let's go ahead and look at um, uh, Proverbs 16, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 5. Um, we always want to make sure the Bible is always sharing with us that we should never think of ourselves more highly than our brother. We should esteem someone else more than we esteem ourselves because we know that we are to, you know, the, the Bible talks about the last shall become first and the first shall become last because these are the things that we want to act like Christ in what he does. We do not want to have a hearty look. We do not want to operate in complete and uh, uh, we don't want to operate in pride. Christ didn't. That was never anything that he did. And note, pride was what uh, got Satan removed, who was then um, known as, you know, we, we called him Lucifer, but he was the angel of light. He was kicked out because of pride. He said, I will be like God. I will. He wanted that worship. And then we know that pride, the Bible says, pride goes before the fall. 
So before he became the, the arch enemy of the things of God, he was a worshiper. He was a praiser. He was the like highest angel, you know what I mean, of the of the choir of worshiping. But he allowed pride. He allowed himself to think of himself more than he really was. And yet he was removed, him and a third of the angels. So we don't want to have that same attitude. So 16 verse 5. Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured, I pledge it, they will not go unpunished. And again, we can look at um, the same scriptures that I mentioned to you, and it also gives a couple of other cross-references in uh, Proverbs 11. 20 and 21, Proverbs 11, verse 20 and 21. You know, we could look at those real quick also, because we always want to make sure that we don't think of ourselves more than we really are. That doesn't mean that we don't have a godly understanding of the things that we do that are great and wonderful. Please understand there's a balance. But it's understanding that, you know what, I really sang an awesome song. I sang uh, really good. But you know what, God, if it wasn't for you and the abilities that you gave me and the training that you gave me, God, to be able to sing, I wouldn't be able to do it. You see, we're not taking the credit. We're recognizing and humbling ourselves that God did it. If we're really good in math or we're doing awesome things in acting or in the business world or in school, we must always remember that God gave those talents to us, and he wants us to be excellent in all that we do. But in the end, we are to submit all that we are and all that we have to all of who he is. We were bought with a price. That price was the blood of Jesus. And because we were bought with that price, we submit and give everything back to him. The moment that we are able to do that, the moment that we are able to recognize that our life would be nothing if it wasn't for God, then uh, the moment we forget that we're pretty much, we're pretty much toast. You know, we're, we're just going to keep doing a that is ungodly. And remember, we want to always remember to put others. Let me think about somebody else. Let me not think about the the person on the street and um, what he may do with my money. God, what are you saying for me to do? We should always be willing to seek the face of the Father first and find out what he wants first. Because again, we were bought with a price. Here's what I believe that our attitude should be if we have accepted Christ as our personal savior to not live in any of these abominations in any way, shape or form, our life should be that of complete and total surrender to God. And that is a process. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight because some things that we just like, and we don't want to get rid of, or we don't know what God is going to do. And he's not going to do anything really crazy. That's out of what, but, there are things in our lives that we should be willing to lay down for him that are really based off in our attitude. So I want to go into this a little bit more. God hates pride and arrogance as those 
whose lifestyles are characterized by haughtiness. The Bible says those who are proud are an abomination to God. And we've seen that in the scriptures we've talked about so far. And they will not stand before him or go unpunished. In other words, you can't come into his presence and not submit. Or you cannot, he cannot receive that, if that makes any sense. He's not entertaining it because you have not humbled yourself before the Lord. And it won't go unpunished. I mean, it it will be punished in the end so that we see that. We understand that God doesn't like it and he doesn't want that. He's, we all submit to God because he understands what that pride does. Those with haughty eyes are those who think too highly of themselves and who despise others. And I think that that's key right there. They are conceited and both in their own, in their accomplishments, knowledge or status, they trust in their own understanding. In other words, I don't think God and I don't think that's not what the word says. He says they treat and think of themselves as though they were gods, violating that principle. They believe they are independent and self-sufficient apart anyone else, let alone God. We don't even we, 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 we get that picture and that's where our society is today. They don't think they've put themselves above God. Well, I don't think God meant that. I don't think God meant I don't think because they don't want to submit to the word of God. I mean if God said it's wrong, it's wrong. If God said I don't like it, he doesn't like it. It's not for us to change the word of God. And he says Simply put, anyone who is not humble, selfless, and contrite falls into this category. God gives grace to those who are humble, but is opposed to those who are proud. So let us today have an attitude of what I believe we should have, um, which is a good depiction, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have crucified I've been crucified with Christ. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live in the body by faith in by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I encourage you today, all the things that you have in your life that you're grateful for, your your abilities, your smartness, your finances, submit it to God and recognize that if it were not for him, you would have nothing. Or you could have nothing. But he he chose to align your life and bestow on you all that you have and all that you are. This is not to walk around and go, oh, I'm nobody. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I don't want to say I like. No, it's not to sound pitiful. But it's to recognize and that God, the almighty God, the creator of the universe, the God that put the moon and the stars in the sky, the God that chose you to have your eyes and to breathe and to look the way you 
like you look or not look the way you look. He decided. And you just want to be grateful. A grateful heart would never, should never be prideful. A grateful heart recognizes that which was done for them. So consider submitting everything to God so that we do not have that prideful heart. If you don't know Christ today, if you don't know where you would open your eyes if, if, the, if you were to get into an accident, if you were to die today, then I encourage you, accept Christ today as your personal Savior. Ask him into your heart. Choose to let go of everything that you think or do right now and choose to submit all of who you are, your thoughts, your attitudes, your motive, your desires, everything about you. Choose today to submit all of that to God and allow him to do great and mighty things in your life. Because the word just says that when we humble ourselves before God, that's when he can truly use us. Because he knows that anything that he gives us, does to us, says to us, we'll submit it right back to him. It has everything to do with our motives. I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Stay tuned for the Process 319 Unleashed with Dawn Marie. Know that I love you. Have a great day, guys. Talk to you soon. Mountains, I can be free just in me.